mercy. We thank you that as we approach your word that you'll speak good things to us today and encourage us and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's open your Bibles to Mark, the fifth chapter. We've been, all this year so far, since the first of the year, we've been looking at the words of Jesus. Red letters, we keep saying that when Jesus' words hit the page, they turn red. Now, today what we're going to look at is Jesus says very few words today, but the words that he does say are effective. And you know, Jesus doesn't have to say a whole lot for it to be effective, you know. And we're going to look at one of the greatest missionary stories in all the Bible, in all the Bible. Now, at first, when we start reading, you're going to think, how can this be a missionary story? But it really is one of the greatest mission, missionary stories that you'll see in the whole Bible. Look here in Mark 5, verse 1. It says, they came, that's Jesus and his disciples, to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. Now, this was actually to Gadara. Various Bible translations uh, give this word Gadarenes in different ways. But as you study into it, it's, it's the same place no matter what, how the different Bible translations translate the word Gadarenes. He comes to Gadara and it was, it was one of the ten cities of Decapolis. Now, Decapolis, Deca means ten. And when you see Decapolis in the Bible, it was actually a, a region or an area where there were ten Cities, Decapolis, and Gadara was one of the cities of the was one of the ten cities, and uh, they were. You need to understand this as we go along. Decapolis, ten cities. Gadara was one of the ten. Jesus, his, his boats just pulled up to Gadara, and uh, these were pagan cities, uh, Gentile, not not Jewish, Gentile. They were pagan. That means they were godless. They were without any religion, godless, completely godless, and uh, they were controlled and run by demonic power. You need to understand that. Decapolis, Gadara being one of the ten cities of Decapolis, were controlled and run by the powers of darkness, demonic power. And the people there, by and large, wanted it that way. Did you know you can't get rid of demon power if people want it there? Did you know that? You realize that? You think to yourself, why, why would anybody want demonic power or, or, or be influenced by the devil? But, but I've come to see over the many years there's a lot of people want it that way. And, uh, and, and there's little that you can do about it. There's really nothing you can do about it when people want to be oppressed by the devil. Uh, now... It says here, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadara, Gadarenes, to Gadara. You also have to realize that before Jesus, now you have your Bibles right there with you, don't you? Uh, what happened, let's give you a little Bible quiz, what happened right before Jesus and his disciples pulled up in the, in the ship? What, what, what event happened just before their boat landed in Gadara. You've got your Bibles there. Just can you read up above? You don't have to read up very far. You can see that something cataclysmic happened to them. What, what was it? It was a big storm. Uh, I'm confident that the devil... Now, the devil doesn't know all things, but he knows some things. And I do believe that he realized that Jesus was headed to Gadara. And the devil blew up a storm. 
he tried to stop Jesus from coming to Gadara. Now remember what happened in the storm. Jesus spoke to the wind and the sea. Is that right? And it calmed and then they arrived there in Gadara. Now having said that, notice verse 2. When he, Jesus, had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs. Now notice that. Let's don't read this real quick where we miss things. There met him out of, out of where? Out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Now notice here that Jesus did not have a welcoming committee. He didn't have a whole bunch of people. You know, sometimes when Jesus would show up in a place, there'd be a whole lot of people there to meet him. Is that right? But, but here, now you need to remember that. Was there a whole lot of people here when he came here to this Decapolis area to get there? Was there a whole lot of people to meet him? No. Just this, this demon-possessed person. All right. Actually, we'll see in a moment there were where there were two demon possessed. Matthew, Mark and Luke. Remember, to get the whole picture, you have to look Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Is that right? And, and as it pertains to this maniac, only Matthew, Mark and Luke record this story. Matthew's account says there were two men. Uh, Mark and Luke uh, just give uh, attention to the one. Now, you say, well, is there a contradiction? No, there were two men that were demon-possessed that met Jesus. Matthew mentioned two of them, but Mark and Luke only mentioned one. You understand there's no contradiction. It's that there were two, but Mark and Luke just talked about the one. You understand that? Now, having said that, notice here we're just going to look at Luke's, uh, I'm sorry, Mark's account. When he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. Think about that. He didn't have a house to live in among the tombs. Actually, if you read the other accounts, this man was naked, stripped naked, had no clothes on. Crazy. Demon possessed. He had an unclean spirit dwelling among the tombs. Look at this. No one... Could bind him. Does that mean people tried? No one could bind him. Not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Think about that. Now just think about that. You've got to think about what kind of a person we're dealing with here. He's demon-possessed, dwelling among the tombs, no clothes. People tried to bind him. They tried to tame him. Think about that. They tried to tame him. They might have tried to use some psychology on him. They might have tried to, 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 to give him some sort of medicine and and nothing wrong with psychology as long as it's done in line with the Word of God. Nothing wrong with medicine as long as it's good medicine. But you know, sometimes people can get out beyond where mankind can help them. Is that right? And this man was out beyond what anybody could do for him. They, they, would, they, would, they would bind him. They would try to uh, uh, keep him bound. But he, see, when, when people get totally demon-possessed, you know, they can have superhuman strength. Did you know that? Uh, remember there with Paul and the seven sons of Sceva? Remember that? Those, those Jewish itinerant exorcists went around and they, they found this demon-possessed person. Remember over in the book of Acts? And they, they, they called over him the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Remember that? 
And, and remember what that one man did? He, he, he absolutely just basically beat the tar out of what? Several of those sons of Sceva and ran them out of the house. How many remembers that? So when people are demon-possessed, taken over by the devil, they'll have, uh, very oft times, they'll have superhuman strength. This guy here was completely demon-possessed. He was bound with shackles and chains. But what does the Bible say? He broke them in pieces. Now, that's, that, that, that's the power of the devil. Do you see that? And no one could tame him. People tried to help him. People tried to tame him. People tried to, to, to get through to him, but to no avail. And notice verse 5, and always, notice this, always, always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Think about that. This man's in bad shape. Night and day, always, continually, in the, in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Uh, looks to me like there's times where he tried to commit suicide, trying to kill himself, trying to get free of the demonic power. Did you hear me? Cutting himself with stones. Have you ever heard of people cutting themselves? And very oft times there's demonic power behind that. And, and this man was so miserable and, 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 and wanting to get free. And cutting himself with stones and bad shape. Let me just read from my notes here about this man's condition so that we don't miss anything. He lived his life among the dead. Think about that. He was sad, lonely, hurting, unloved, unwanted for the most part, even though we do see people trying to help him. His life was a tragic existence. He was helpless, a man out of control. As we've said, others had tried to intervene in his life, but to no avail. His passions were stronger than his ability to control them. No man could change him. He was a man bound by the influence of the evil in his life. His torment was continual. Day and night he cried out. Day and night in that place of isolation. Day and night he did his best to injure and harm himself. I believe he wanted a different life, as we'll see. But he was absolutely powerless to accomplish that by himself. You know, I said a while ago that there's a lot of folks that have demonic power in their life and they want it that way. But did you know that there's other people that have demonic power in their life and they want to be set free, but they're bound so by the devil that they can't get free? Did you know that? Did you hear me on that? See, some people... Strange as it is to believe, are bound by the devil and they want it that way. But yet there are many others that are bound by the devil. They want to be free. They want to be set free. But they're so bound that they can't get free on their own and they need help. And you see so oft times, human beings can't help. But friends, there's one who can help. His name is Jesus. Realize, say Jesus. And this man was in a bad way. Powerless to accomplish being set free by himself. He needed somebody to rescue him. He needed someone to do for him what he could not do for himself. And then one day a boat pulled up on the shores of Gadara. Can anybody say praise God? 
Glory to God. Somebody pulled up in a boat. And his name was Jesus. Now in the sixth chapter. Says when he saw Jesus from afar. He ran and worshipped him. Now notice something here. This is Mark 5 verse 6. When this demonic possessed person saw Jesus from afar. He ran. Now notice the demons didn't run. But the man ran. The man ran to do what? To worship Jesus. You see, you say, well, what's the significance of this? Now, again, I want to tell you, the man ran to worship Jesus. Now, think about this. This man is demon-possessed, but the man ran to worship him, not the demons. The man did. You see, this shows me that there was enough, this man had enough cognizance about himself that he wanted to be free. He wanted to be loosed. He wanted to be free. Now, that other demon-possessed person that you can read about in Matthew's account, we don't have record that he came and worshipped Jesus. Only this one. What does that tell me? What it tells me is, is that the other demon-possessed man didn't want to be free. He didn't want to be set free. He was content to be bound with the demonic power. But this man who I believe was in worse condition even than the other, this man, though demon-possessed, had enough cognizance about himself to want to be free. Does your Bible say that he ran and worshipped Jesus? Yeah, he did. Now, uh, in, in verse 7, the man comes to worship Jesus, but notice he's, he's, he's possessed with the devil. And he cries out, these demons in him, cries out with a loud voice and says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Actually, torment me before the time, if the other accounts say, before the time. You know, there is a time when all of the demonic power is going to be cast into, into the lake of fire, into the bottomless pit. Can you say amen? And that's what he was referring to. Or you come to torment me before the time. How many of you know the devil's afraid of Jesus? You need to realize the devil, if you're, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, the devil's more afraid of you than you need to ever be of him. You need to realize that. How many of you in here, besides me, are afraid of snakes? Yeah. But you know, people that study those things will tell us that those snakes are more afraid of us than we are of them. But, but it's, but, but it is the truth because I've seen snakes already outside where they see me coming. What do they do? They take off. I mean, unless you corner one of them, they take off. Don't they? Regardless of what that, pay no attention to that woman back in the, in the sound booth. Pay no attention. Remember, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to that woman back in the sound booth. Remember the Wizard of Oz? Pay no Pay no attention to her. But I'm telling you the truth that, that studies tell us that snakes are more afraid of us than we are of them. Well, well, whether or not that's true about snakes, I know this about the devil and demons. They're more afraid of a born-again child of God than we ever need to be of them. Did you hear me? Oh, yeah. But nonetheless, here you have this man... The demonic power in him 
cries out and says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For Jesus had said to him, you need to realize that before this guy cried out, this, these demons cried out, Jesus had said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, some study books will tell you that Legion, there could have been up to about 6,000 demons inside this man, give or take. Thousands, hundreds, thousands of many of them. I mean, one's too many for me. How about you? But many. My name is Legion, for we are many. See, this man was demon-possessed. Completely. But he had enough cognizance about himself that he came and worshipped Jesus. He wanted to be free. But he couldn't get free. Why? Because the demons had him bound. Did you hear me? The demons had him bound. So then notice verse 10. He begged him earnestly. The demons, you see, that Jesus would not send them out of the country. You see, they liked it in that country. What did we tell you a while ago? Decapolis was an area of demonic uh, oppression. It was, it was an area where the people enjoyed demonic power. They wanted the, the, the dark power of the devil over them. And so these demons enjoyed uh, that country. Did you know that demonic power can overrun a country? Did you know that? Can overrun a nation? Can overrun a city? Can, can sit up over the, the governmental officials of a city? Did you know that? And, and they didn't want to leave that country. They were comfortable in that country. They were, they were in a place where they were comfortable. They didn't want to leave that country. And, and one of the other gospel accounts says that they implored Jesus that he send them not out into the abyss or into the, into the bottomless pit, you see. They liked it there. They wanted to stay in that man, but they knew that they were going to have to leave that man. And, uh, so verse 11 says there was a large herd of swine. Pigs feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him. Now, you know, we read over that. A lot of times we just read right over that. But think about that. Think about what a noise, what a sound that would have been. All the demons begged him. All the demons begged Jesus. How many of you have ever seen a horror movie? I mean, I don't like watching them, but when I was a kid, you'd see them and they'd have all kinds of weird noises coming out of demon-possessed people. You ever, you ever hear, you, you ever, you ever see anything like that? I mean, I hope nobody ever watched anything like that. By the way, don't ever watch The Exorcist. Don't, don't do that. Don't let that in your house. Don't ever watch that. That, that, that's bad, that's bad stuff. But I, but I, I've seen, you know, when they've advertised and clips and things, you know, where, where they'll have somebody that's on, on Hollywood now, you know, on, on a movie where they'll be, they'll be, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Where, 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 does anybody even know what I'm talking about? Where they'll, well, let me just tell you, whatever you've seen in Hollywood, this was a whole lot worse than that. This, I tell you what, this would make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. This would make the hair on top of your hair stand up on the back of the neck. If you could have been there when all those demons were begging him, Jesus, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. 
You see, demons want a body. They want a body to express themselves in this natural realm. They were in this maniac, you know. They didn't want to leave the country. They didn't want to go into the abyss. So they'll settle for going into the swine. Send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Actually, Matthew's account said that that Jesus said, go, depart, go. And then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that have been something if we could have been there that day to watch that? The demons leave the man. Now, I doubt that we'd have been able to see anything in the natural realm, but in the spirit realm, they left the man, they went into the swine, And what we would have been able to see is we would have been able to see all of a sudden those pigs. There's what was there about 2,000 of them. Think about that. 2,000 pigs. 2,000 hogs. 2,000 swine. We wouldn't have been able to see in the spirit. We wouldn't have been able to see the demons leave the man. Because that's in the spirit realm. But we'd have noticed something when all of a sudden all those Swine started to make some noise, those pig noises. Anybody ever hear pig noises? <laughs> I mean, you know, and worse than that. You know what I'm saying? And we, you'd have known something was happening because uh, the man all of a sudden would have looked different. And now all of a sudden the swine would have looked different. They'd have started acting different, which they did. And they, they got stirred up. And notice what they did. The herd ran violently. Realize, say Violently. Yeah, violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned into the sea. Think about that. The swine, the pigs didn't want the devil in them. They didn't. And you can see the suicidal part of what the demons will do to people. Because no more of those, I mean, the, the devil wasn't in the, in, in the swine more than just, just a few moments. And them swines already committing suicide. Is that right? Down the hill. Into the, into, the, into the water, and they drowned in the sea. Can you imagine that? Think about that. I mean, that would have had all of our attention out there that day. All of our attention. Nobody would have slept through that. You know, Jesus' life was something else. Did you know that he, he ministered for three and a half years under the power of the Holy Ghost? Is that right? And and, and I heard this the other day, a scholar said this, that if you really study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that we only have about 30 days recorded for us of Jesus' three and a half year ministry in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We only have about 30 days. And of that 30 days, we only have snapshots of different events that took place during those 30 days. Do you remember John said that if all the works that Jesus did were written down, he supposes that not the whole world itself could contain the books. How many remembers him saying that? Jesus was awesome. His life was just full of just when he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and he went about under the in the power of the spirit ministering to people. I mean, people were getting helped and set free left and right. His life was busy from morning till night. Did did you hear me of helping one person right after another? Very exciting life. And uh, we wouldn't have been sleeping when, them, when, them, when, them, when those demons was crying out of that man. I tell you what, if I'd have been there, I'd have been hiding behind my wife. I guarantee it to you. Guarantee it to you. 
And I'd been peeking out around her looking to see what was going on. And them swine go down that cliff into that water and drowned in the sea. Think about that. Now notice in verse 14, those who fed the swine, the, 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 the pig farmers out there, those who fed the swine, now notice they fled. You see, see why they fled? I mean, this flat scared the living tar right out of them. Those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. So the country, the, the people of the town and the country, they come out there to see. They came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and that had the legion, now watch this, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Real loud, say sitting, sitting. say clothed, clothed, and in his right mind. Now, we need to put some emphasis on that. Think about after Jesus got finished with this man. He's no longer crazy. He's no longer out of his mind. He's no longer naked. He's no longer going nuts. But what is he doing? He's sitting. Real loud, say sitting. sitting. Say clothed, clothed, and in his right mind. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? I'm rejoicing for that man. How about you? No man could tame him. No man could help him. But now, Jesus was able to do something for him. See, Jesus can help us when nobody else can. Sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. Dear friends, no matter what shape you are in, or no matter what shape anybody that you know is in, they're not too far gone for God to help them. They're not too far gone for Jesus to help them. Did you hear what I just said? If Jesus can help this guy, he can help you or whoever you know that needs help. Did you hear me? Because this guy here is about as far gone as you're going to get. And Jesus helped him. And he's sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. That's the people that came out to see what had happened. They were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Now, verse 17 shocks me, but it doesn't shock me, but it shocks me, but it doesn't shock me. But it shocks me, but it doesn't shock me. And they began to plead with him, with Jesus, to depart from their region. Can you imagine that? They're pleading with him, get out of here, leave here, go away, go away, leave. Can you imagine that? Jesus just set this demoniac, and the people knew this demoniac. They knew who he, they knew who he was. I mean, he'd been, he'd been tormenting that region for a long time. You couldn't even go by the way of those tombs, could you? Because he was out there and he's liable to attack somebody or hurt somebody. Is that right? And now all of a sudden he's set free, and they are pleading with Jesus to leave. I don't know about you, but I'd say, Jesus, come on into town. We give you the, we give you the key to the city. I mean, come on in here. Is that right? Give you the key to the city. Come on in. We got a whole bunch of other, I mean, you, you just dealt with the, the worst one of the bunch. We've got a whole, is she enjoying my message? Good. All right. Now let's stay in the spirit now. Keep your attention on Jesus, not on her, right? Is that right? Amen. As much as I love her, let's love Jesus more, right? Say amen, somebody. Okay, somebody said amen, somebody. There you go. 
But no, seriously, I mean, wouldn't you want Jesus to come in and give him the key to the city? Jesus, you just set free the, the worst one we got. I mean, we got a whole bunch of others here you could help. Is that right? They wanted Jesus to leave town. Get out of here. Go. I studied into this and I found out from my study they were more concerned about the loss of the swine than they were concerned about this demoniac getting set free. You know, you see that again and again in Jesus' ministry. Is that right? He'll set somebody free and people get upset because he did it on the wrong day of the week. He did it on the Sabbath day. Is that right? He said, take up your bed and walk. And they take up their bed and walk. And they're walking down the street. And the, and the Jew, religious Jewish people that get all the leaders, that get all, the Jewish leaders get all excited. The, the Pharisees, they'd get all excited. And, and instead of rejoicing and saying, oh, man, you were crippled and now you're set free and you're walking. They'd say, who told you that you could carry your bed on the Sabbath day? Now, that's just sick. That's just sick, isn't it? Is that sick? That's sick, isn't it? People, the religious people. And just people in general would 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 get more upset that Jesus healed somebody on the wrong day of the week when they should have been being excited that the person is set free. You see, and it's no different here. These people were more concerned about the swine and their loss of the swine than they were about this demon possessed man getting set free. Oh, so typical in the ministry of Jesus. You see, the swine being drowned cost somebody a whole lot of money. And you see, these people were more concerned about the ruining of their economy than they were this man getting set free. Did you know that people a lot of times love money more than anything else? And these people were more concerned about their bacon than they were about the man getting set free. Is that right? Is that right? They love their bacon more than they love Jesus. Oh, yeah. Twenty years ago, you see, that would have shocked me. But I've pastored for 20 years and actually longer than that. And I've learned about people, not about you, dear folks, but I've learned this about people over the years. They like their bacon and they love their bacon more than they do Jesus. They love their Big Mac more than they do Jesus. They love their banana split more than they do Jesus. They love their favorite Sports team more than they do Jesus. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about Christians, born again, spirit filled, tongue talking Christians will love a lot of things more than they love Jesus. Isn't that sad? But these people love their bacon more than they love Jesus. And listen to this, dear friends. Listen to this. Jesus would have loved to help the many in Gadara, yet he came for the one. Did you get what? I, did you get that? See, he would have loved. Do you think Jesus would have loved to gone in there and help more people than just that one demoniac? But yet he came for the one. You need to understand about that. Understand that about the Lord. He wants to help the many, but he'll come just to help the one. And something else you need to learn about Jesus. Did they tell him to get out of there? Yeah. Now, you don't see Jesus standing there and saying, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't you guys see I just set this person free? I set this demoniac free. And look, I've got this power, the power of God. And I could come in there into your city and into your town and I could help so many more people. Why don't you invite me to come? Do you see him saying that? No. 
They said, get out. And guess what he did? He went and got on a ship and took off. Is that right? Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He won't push himself off on anybody. I said he won't push himself off on anybody. And see, this demon-possessed person, he was the only reason Jesus was able to set this guy free is because this guy wanted to be free. And we see that when he came and knelt down before him and worshipped him. If this man would not have wanted to be free, Jesus, with the complete power of God, wouldn't have been able to get him free because God won't violate somebody's will. Did you hear what I just said? So Jesus got in a ship and he departed and he took off. But before he did, notice verse 18, when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. I'd want to be with Jesus after he set me free. How about you? However, Jesus did not permit him But said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Think about that. What did Jesus tell him to do? Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. Think about it. When men looked at this maniac, they saw a maniac. But when Jesus looked at this maniac, he saw a missionary, didn't he? Oh, we ought to need to let, we need to let that get on the inside of us. Men saw a maniac, Jesus saw a missionary. Man saw a maniac, but Jesus saw a missionary. Go home to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Do you ever wonder why Jesus told so many people after he healed them? See that no one know it. Don't go, don't go tell anybody. See that no one know it. You remember that? But this guy, he says, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. You ever wonder why he would tell this man that and so many others see that no one know it? Well, it's very simple. This region was a Gentile region. They didn't have the word of God. They didn't have Moses and the prophets. Whenever Jesus would tell somebody, he'd heal them and he'd say, see that no one know it. What you were typically dealing with was a, Jew, a Jewish situation And the Jews had the word of God. They had Moses and the prophets. And see, Jesus didn't, let me say it this way. Jesus expected them to recognize him because of Moses and the prophets. That's why he would say, see that no one know it. Now, there's other reasons, but that's one of them. See that no one know it. But in this case, this was a Gentile region. They didn't have the word of God. They didn't have Moses and the prophets. And you see, in the Jewish area, Jesus would expect them to recognize him through the word, through Moses and the prophets. But here they didn't have Moses and the prophets. And so that's why he said, go home to your friends. At least one of the reasons why he said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. Isn't that interesting? But nonetheless, that's what he told him to do. And so verse 20 again, he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis. 
Now, was this an easy area for him to go evangelize? No. Decapolis, ten cities. What did we tell you at the beginning? They were, they were, they were controlled by demon power. They were, they were pagan. They were godless. This man had a very difficult area to evangelize. But this man had a great story to tell, didn't he? And he went and did it. And you know what's interesting? What's interesting, and I'll close with this. What's interesting is earlier in Jesus' ministry, before he ever came to Decapolis to set this man free, you can see that there were some people from Decapolis, those ten cities, who had heard about the ministry of Jesus. There were some who had heard about him. And they did come to follow him, but the vast populations of those ten cities did not. And then we see Jesus going and setting this demoniac free. And then he wants to go with Jesus, and Jesus said, no, go to the ten cities, go to home to your friends, and evangelize. That's what Jesus essentially told him. Is that right? And then, sometime after this maniac turned missionary has had time to go out and publish what Jesus had done, then Jesus came back to that area. Now, it's interesting, when Jesus came to that area the first time, did he have a welcoming committee? No, just the demoniac. Is that right? But sometime, let me show you in the Word of God. Go to Mark 7.31. Let me show you what happens later when Jesus comes back to that region after this man has had a chance to publicize the Word of God. Mark 7.31. Again, Mark 7.31. Departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of where? Of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Now, now we to get more of this, we go now. Now remember, where was it? To the, sea, the region of Decapolis, to the Sea of Galilee. Matthew 15. Go there, verse 29. Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee. Now this is Matthew's account. Now Matthew doesn't call out Decapolis, but if you study into it, this is the same area. He, can't, he comes to the midst of the region of Decapolis, Sea of Galilee. Now look, Matthew 15, 29. Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee. So he's back in the area of Decapolis. This is sometime later now. After this maniac turned missionary has had a chance to go out and publish and tell what Jesus had done for him. Now notice, he goes up on the mountain and sits down there, verse 30. Then what? Great multitudes came to him. Now, why did those great multitudes come to him? They didn't come to him the first time. Why did they come to him this time? Because that maniac turned missionary had gone out and told his story. And now they knew about Jesus. And now Jesus is coming to the area and a great multitude. You see the power of one man with a, with a message? Great multitudes come, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. They laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Glory to God. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Why did they glorify the God of Israel? Because Jesus had told that maniac turned missionary, go back to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord 
talking about the God of Israel, has done for you. So he went and did it. And sometime later, now a whole multitude has been moved to come to Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Because one man had a message. And he was obedient to the Lord. Did you get anything out of this today? Glory to God. Glory to God. And you know this same Jesus that set this maniac free. That same power is available to us today. Same power is available to set you free. If you've got sickness in your body, Jesus can heal you. Did you hear me? Actually, he's done all he's going to do to heal you. The healing power has already been been appropriated. All you have to do is receive it. Isn't that wonderful? If you're being tormented in some area, the power of God's already present to heal you. All you have to do is appropriate it. Just receive it. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, stand with me if you would. Right before we close. Right before we close. Is there anybody in here that you've got sickness in your body and you need prayer? Anybody at all? Just raise your hand real high if there is anybody. Anyone at all. You've got sickness in your body.